You are listening to the Adoption and Fertility Finance Show, where we prepare you financially for adoption or fertility. Navigating the waters financially for adoption and fertility can be intimidating. And your host, Laura Coleman, knows that firsthand after spending $35,000 for IVF and adopting three children. She's made it her mission to help other couples realize their dream by living their financial life with intention. Today's podcast episode is being sponsored by the Adoption and Fertility Grant Success Course. Learn step-by-step instructions on how to create a successful adoption or fertility grant. You can find more information at familymoneycoaching.org and click on shop. I'd like to welcome Lisa Norman with Lisa Norman's Project as we discuss our mental health and how it affects our finances and how it affects our fertility and adoption journeys that we're going on. So without further ado, here's Lisa. Lisa is a goal strategist who who works with fellow moms to help them make more happy moments in the chaotic life by teaching simple step-by-step processes. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on to our show today to talk a little bit about how to help women be happy while they're going through the chaotic and emotional aspect of adoption and fertility. You're so welcome. I'm super excited to be here today. So tell me about one of the things that can help women be happy while they're going through chaotic and stressful things. Well, um, I guess my journey kind of taught me, um, well, the backstory is I was raised in a house that had a lot of anxiety in it. So I always thought as a child that happiness was just something that you did and something that my mom was just incapable of doing. So I kind of had this notion through life. So when I kind of ventured off and became an adult, I just did the things that made me happy, you know, and that was obviously all the things that don't require responsibility. But then as my family life started growing and I got stepkids involved, and then we started having kids of our own and our whole journey of, you know, of that, I started to realize that happiness was not something that I could just do. And like, that's where everything kind of crumbled for us. And we had, you know, just, I was in a place where like, no matter what I did, I couldn't be happy. And that's when I kind of had this epiphany that happiness is not really something that we do every day. It's more the intrinsic value of what we are putting into our lives and how we are making, um, how we are making moments. And um, so one thing for me, when it comes to happiness, especially when you're going through rough patches and we've, we've all been there and I've gone through, you know, thinking of, I went through a lot of anxiety myself. And then I've also had three different miscarriages. So after all of those things, like our bodies are just, our minds and emotions are just broken. So being happy is something that's like super hard to pull together. Um, but the one thing that I like to do and that I, and I teach this in my, in my courses and stuff is the baby step concept of like, so if everything around you is sucking, there's gotta be one thing in your day that turned out. Okay. Maybe it's something simple as you had a great cup of coffee or, you know, you had an amazing lunch or a friend you didn't hear from that you haven't heard from in a while, picked up the phone and called you. And those are the kind of things that I like to call building blocks of when we're in those moments that are super chaotic and stressful. And if you just turn your focus more to those moments, you over time can stack them on top of each other to end up with more intrinsic happiness in your life overall. I really like those simple moments, you know, focus on the positive because, you know, when you're, when you're dwelling on those negative things, it starts focusing and you, 
become really depressed. And so, you know, focusing on those happy moments, I, I love that. That I, that's one thing that I try to do. There are times when it's, you know, I get stuck in a little funk. <laughs> so, oh, yes. you know, what, what do you suggest people do when they get stuck in a little bit of a funk? Um, I personally like to, when you're in that funk and you are just kind of like everything is revolving around. And for most cases, it's because of something in your life that you don't necessarily have the most control of, if that makes sense, you know, cause yeah. funks are a result of, you know, like something going on in your family, something in, like with what you're doing, you know, a develop, a, having kids is not necessarily you guys are working on your strategies on how to make that happen because it isn't, you know, necessarily easy, but you don't have control over that. And that's what I try to look at. Um, I suggest that you as a person find something that brings you happiness. And a lot of times I do things like um, putting a, and this sounds so trivial, but it is so powerful. I take a post-it out of my office and I smack it smack dab on my mirror and then it says something like, today is going to be a great day. And I put that on the mirror the night before so that when I wake up the next morning, I have something to visually look at that's telling me like, that's switching me out of that brain funk that we're stuck in from all of the stuff in our lives. And it's putting us in a place of, oh yeah, there can be happiness here. You know, and like, so that's one thing that I do. Um, another thing that I'm huge for is exercising and I'm not by any means by no means am I saying like, go join some crazy Spartaning thing or start running or anything like that. One thing that we do in our family that is an easy way to get our exercise in if we're having a busy day is we do a kitchen dance party when we're cooking dinner together. So that's an easy way just to, you know, kind of like lighten up the mood. Dancing always brings up all the positive endorphins of happiness too. So those are just a couple of strategies that, um, that we use here that work great for us. I, I love that because we love to have dance parties too. And like YouTube has like some really great like dance songs, you know, that gummy bear song. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and we put on, yeah. And that's just, you know, I think sometimes we get stuck in like being a woman thinking that we have to do everything perfect. Right. And especially with an exercise is one of those things that is so hard, but it is so important for your overall self-being. So if you can turn something like, you know, doing a dance party in your kitchen, that's just something that you're, you're going to be in your kitchen cooking. You know, it's finding that's the moments in your day where you can add in that happiness and dancing to like the gummy bear song, or I don't know about your house, but we, we have a little, I have a two-year-old, so we have been obsessed with the baby shark song. So that's been going, I don't know if that's ever going <laughs> to yes, die. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, like bringing those things in and just having, and these, these things don't have to, you, they don't have to take up a lot of your time in your day is right. what, what I'm so huge on. It's just making sure that at some point in your day, you did something that brought your, you joy and something that actually made your soul as a person whole. And, you know, another thing that I love to do, and I've noticed a huge change, I just thought about this, in um, the happiness of my home is I've made a conscious effort to get up earlier than the kids. And before, like, I know that sounds so crazy, but I get up and I have this quiet time in the beginning of the day when nobody is up, not even my husband. 
And it's a time that I can sit and do whatever I need to do to give myself what I need to fuel myself for the rest of the day. And that is so powerful to the day that we have. Because on the days that like I think to myself, oh, well, I don't need to do that today. I, I've, I've just stopped doing it on the weekends, actually. And I'm noticing like the same happiness that we had in the home during the week is not spilling over to the weekend because I'm not refueling myself where I need it so that I can be the best mom in our house. Right. And, and you know, I, I look at my own life and as you're like telling me this, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) when, when mommy's not happy, when the wife is not happy, ain't nobody happy. And right. And is it, don't husbands have a big joke about this? My husband says this all the time. He like talks to all of his guy friends all the time. And he says that all the time. Like, well, we can't do that. Cause that's not going to make my wife happy. Right. And they stop. Right. Like it is a known joke. And you know, the powerful takeaway is actually, there's so much truth behind that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I, I was going through fertility and my estrogen level was like this astronomical um, number. I think the doctor was saying that normally it's like a 50 and I was like 3,500 and I was like a crazed animal. I mean, I really, I don't know how my husband like dealt with me. I mean, I was just, I was just pissy all the time, really. And so, you know, if, if, if you can just focus on those unhappy moments and create happy moments throughout the day to really just release some of that emotion that's going on in your life, then it will help you tremendously. Yes, absolutely. And I am like such a, and you know, the other thing too, that is, that is interesting about this, um, this change that we've been, this transformation that we've been having in our house too, is that when you start doing it, you notice that the whole family starts falling in line with you where, you know, like I get the husband is the head of the household and I'm not trying to knock on that, but there is so much power between what the woman, the influence that the woman has in their home. And this, this is not just applying to kids, but it also applies to spouses as well is that like, if you are constantly getting up and just doing something that's good for you, that is truly good for you. And that's, that's the thing that I, that I also talk a lot about is the difference between, um, self-care and real self-care, you know, cause I used to think for the long time that, you know, it, it would bring me happiness to go get my nails done and not have the kids with me. Right. Or like, you know, to go out and have, you know, a glass of wine with a friend, which those are both great things, but those don't, those are moments. They're not um, something that is going to keep building the happiness inside of me as much as me taking out, you know, 15 minutes in my morning to listen to some songs that resonate with me or to do some sort of devotional of sorts. That's a really good point that, that it's your inward self that needs to be happy, not necessarily the actions around that you're doing. Oh, and you know, and I, this is something that like, as, as I, as the Lisa Norman project has come to be that I'm realizing how much there is so much power behind, you know, making sure your inside is what's being the self care because, you know, I used to always, and I was notorious for this. I would tell my husband, you know what, I've had it. I just, there's just too much kids going on, especially cause we homeschool. So like my kids are never gone. Like, so I don't ever get that break anymore. And I used to say, oh, I'm going to run out and get my nails done. And the problem is I would come back and everything was still there. Yeah. The dishes were still there, you know, because he's, I mean, and let's be honest, guys, and 
well, let me be honest, in my household, my husband will help out, but I have to actually say, can you make sure while I'm gone, this happens, which to me is not necessarily the same as it getting done. So anyways, not that I care who's cleaning up the dishes or whatnot, but I would go out, come back with my nails done. And then I would look around and be like, well, why was that even worth it? And the reason why it wasn't worth it is it really wasn't doing anything for me, for my, you know, for my soul, I guess I would say. Yeah. So tell me about some of your mental health courses that you have. Yeah. So um, they are, they're basically built off of the journey our family has gone on. Um, I would say now for the past three years, um, it kind of all started right before we had our third um, or surprise baby, but my health was in this, I talked about this anxious ridden state that I was in and, and I didn't, that was very foreign to me. I should also add, like, I, I couldn't handle my work day. You know, I had two kids in elementary school, like everything in my life, no matter where I turned, if I tried to fix something, I felt like something was, was be, the problems were just blowing up. Like, for example, um, if I was training to run a 5k, then the housework wouldn't get taken care of. Or if I started to make a conscious effort to do the 5k or to, to make sure the house was staying cleaner so that we could have more family time on the weekend then I wasn't giving my husband the enough attention and that was then becoming a problem. And then when I switched to give my husband the attention, then there was things at school with the kids that weren't getting taken care of. So I was in this constant state of like, I call it the balloon effect, you know, where you squeeze one balloon and the problem just pops out somewhere else. So long story short, what I did um, was I started making some small changes to our health, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, and that, that helped. And then I, my husband actually, uh, by degree is a process engineer of sorts. It's not really an engineer, but he, he loves to be in the middle of processes. So he kind of helped me figure out how to set goals that were attainable. Cause I kept saying to him, like, I just, I'm not getting anything done. So we, you know, through a co various conversations, we, we started building this process of him saying like, okay, well, is it that important? Like what's more important that you, you know, that you handle the laundry today or that you make sure that everything's tidy with the kids' school schedules or that the house is cleaned or, you know, your work. And we would go through these conversations and I learned how to prioritize an effective way so that I could end up actually at the end of every day having a like mini goal or like a to-do task list that was completed. And that was a big struggle for me. Like I would make these, like I knew what I had to do but I could never get anything done. So he said to me in the middle of all this, he was like, are you telling me that women don't know how to figure out where to start on their to-do list? And I just, I just vividly remember laughing at him. And I was like, no, we don't because our brains as women are so spider webbed. And this is, there's actually science behind this. Like, I don't know where to quote it, but there's true science behind this. Our therapist, marriage therapist that we saw for a couple of years was explaining this concept of how Women are always thinking about everything that's going on in their life. When you're at work, you're still thinking about your kids and your husband and your family and your friends. So what he taught me was how to give myself permission to unplug from the other things so that I could actually make progress in the goal. And that's what we've done together is that I've built courses that are centered around the first problem that women always have. And I had this problem too, was like, well, that's great. I have all these problems in my life but I have no idea where to start. Like, I know I want something to change. I don't know where to start. And just so you know, everywhere that I've tried to start, it was always the wrong spot. And I don't know if that, if you've ever experienced that kind of like, 
wanting to fix something, but not knowing where to start, but it's so frustrating. Um, so my first course, um, on surviving stress does exactly that. It's, it's meant to be handled in about an hour, if that's what you can take, just short video clips. And it basically, we just go through a series of questions in your life. Um, we take a health assessment to kind of see like, you know, what is, what's, what is the biggest problem that you have right now that we can actually make progress on? Because sometimes the biggest problems in our life are not actually the biggest problems. They're the result of another problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's what the first course does. And they, the, the course is kind of paired together in a great fashion. And the second course then says, okay, great. Like you have this goal in mind that you want to fix, or you have this thing in your life that you want to change. Let's take that thing and let's just rip it all to shreds. So let's figure out exactly what is the commitment that you're going to make and what does that look like? And what is it going to look like when you're having a bad day? What is it going to look like when you're having a great day? You know, are you putting in things in your life that this life change that you're trying to incorporate is actually going to be a permanent life change? Um, and I like to relate it to um, the difference between eating healthy and dieting. You know, like we, we diet, for example, but in our mind, a diet is like a short-term thing that we're going to do, right? Right. Um, but then... But if you say like, no, we, we have, we try to eat healthy in our house, that's, then you know, like, oh, Lisa's not just trying some crazy fad right now. And that's kind of what I built into the second course. So it works great. And what I love about it is that you're learning a life skill that is, that is you because it's a self-discovery journey for you that you can implement even when everything around you is chaotic and falling apart. I love that. I, you know, <laughs> there's so many times when I felt like my life was falling apart <laughs> and also, you know, yeah, as women, you're right. Like we do think about so many things, you know, you got a piece of paper in front of you and you, you've written down everything needs to be accomplished and you're thinking about all 10 of them, which one right? is the most it's important one, which one are you supposed to start on first? And it's almost, it's like a deer in the headlights. You kind of look at it, it and go, hmm, what should I do first? <laughs> It all needs to be accomplished. And then the other thing that happens all the time when we have this list of 10 things is that we do nothing with it. Yeah. And that is like, honestly, that is the worst thing that we do to ourselves for our own self-esteem is to wake up every day and have a to-do list and not accomplish it. Like that is like fundamental, like you want to talk about, and I love to be, one thing that I really drive on doing is that is trying to make it um, relatable so that I'm not just giving you all of this like fluffy, like, oh, just make a to-do list and just put it into place. Like I like to be very like, here's exactly how you can do this. First, you know, like make the list. Second, figure out what goes first and, and those kind of things. You know, and I think there's value in a lot of times we hear all these things, we do the research, you know, we're on Pinterest, we're on Facebook, we're wherever, we're talking to our girlfriends, what are they doing, you know, to make their to-do list better? We talk, we, these are conversations we all have, but nobody ever says, or at least I've never experienced when I'm chatting with my girlfriends or on Pinterest, I find it hard to find, here's exactly a step-by-step -step little set of instructions that will guarantee that if you follow these steps in the next 30 days, you will have a to-do list that you can accomplish on a daily basis. So tell me where can people find out more about your courses and what you 
pre- preach the world? Oh yeah. I am. Um, I, my website is Lisa Norman project.com. And then I also have a business page on Facebook, Lisa Norman project, um, Facebook as well, but that is where I am at. Awesome. I really am glad that you've reached out to me because I do believe that the mental health piece does fit really perfectly with our finances. If oh, you, you know, if you have, huge. if you have a list of things that you need to accomplish financially, you don't know where to start. You just, you're like an ostrich. You put your head in the sand. You don't do anything. And, and so that's even worse because the problem is still going to persist. And so, you know, our mental health does affect our finances so much. And when you add all of the, the stress of, or desire that you have about wanting to be a mom, and then you are, are looking at the finances and thinking it's never going to happen. You know, like right, right as we were trying to, we met with our fertility doctor and like the next month, my husband lost his job. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to be a mom. I'm never going to have the money to be able to do this. And so that was really depressing for me. And it really caused me to be like a deer in the headlights, just kind of frozen. Like what, what am I going to do with my life? This is the end. And so I, you know, if we can change our mindset and change how we think, then we can definitely address our financial aspect of our life and, and say, no, I am not limited by my thoughts. I am not limited by this money aspect. And, you know, it's, it's like a manifesting something into your life. And, and I, I've heard some like a really amazing stories of people who have manifested money into their life. I'm like, wow, I need to do that. You know, like that's really a great, like you're mentally thinking stuff into your life. And I think that if you focus on the joy and the happiness of life, as you were talking earlier, that you're going to bring that happiness and joy into your life and it will happen. And it's really about the attitude that we have. And, you know, if you're going to focus on the negative, you're going to, you're going to find the negative, but if you focus on the positive, you're going to find the positive. And that's what I love about your message. Yeah, no. And you know, too, I can, I can totally add in the financial side of it and give you some, like, just, just what's happened in our house with the happiness is, um, my husband and I came from very different home lives growing up as, as probably many of us have, but I grew up, um, he grew up in a family that didn't quite have the same financial means that mine did. So he kind of brought into our marriage this, we have to save every penny. We have to, you know, we have to make sure, like, I can't believe you just went out and bought that dress that you don't really need. Or, you know, what do you mean you have to pay to get your nails done? Or, you know, you know all of this stuff, like, was always questions in his mind just because of where he came from and there's nothing wrong with where he came from, but that was always his disposition. Whereas I came from a family, um, that, and I don't necessarily think my parents didn't financially struggle making that clear, but it wasn't ever something that was brought in front of my brother and I growing up. So I was like, Oh, and for the longest time, I thought that my happiness revolved around how many times I could take my kids to the kids museum or the zoo or whatnot. Because remember in my story, you know, um, happiness was something that you did. And, you know, until you start getting into the mindset of happiness is what you do, 
everything that you try to do with your family, if you Google what to do, that's family fun, everything costs money, you know, but then I've realized now that I actually enjoy in terms of saving money for our family, spending more time at a free park with my kids than I do necessarily, you know, going to the kids museum or the zoo. And, and it's, I think that's what you're getting at is that the mindset of the family changes into a happiness mindset. And once you have that, then the money, you just kind of figure it out. All right, Lisa, thank you so much. So Lisa Norman, the, um, if you can find her on the Lisa Norman project, N O R M A N. And I, if, Love to um, have people follow. You can go to our show notes and there'll be links to her website um, as well as her courses where she talks about how to um, eat, breathe, and sleep, um, being happy. And I also love that that you love unicorns and that... (laughs) I do. And that your hair matches. Oh, that is so, yes. Unicorns are like definitely having two little girls and loving bright colors. That means that unicorns have to be in the house all times. <laughs> so I love that about, about that. And, um, and again, for those of you who are listening, uh, go to our show notes and you'll be able to click on uh, Lisa Norman's project and learn more about you know, your mental health and how you can improve it while you're going through adoption and fertility and you know you don't have to be overwhelmed she has some tips on there about how you know if your life is spinning out of control you can gain more control of your life and be able to accomplish more and you know if you are struggling with your energy how do you get stuff done and it, you know if you're sick of feeling overwhelmed so those are just some of the things that she talks about on her her website. And so I really thank you so much for coming on today's show and and talking with us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was such a great opportunity and I'm so glad we got to chat. Absolutely. Are you a hopeful adoptive parent? Come join the Facebook group, Paying for Adoption. We love to talk about money and how you can raise the money for adoption. Go join our community, Paying for Adoption, and begin the fun journey.